like I can see every one of your pores. I imagine everyone's like saying it along with you with fanfare. Because guess what? That's the last time I'm ever making that joke because otherwise I'd have to make it every single time from here on after. Yep. Because we live together now in an apartment. Yes, sir. Yeah, we do. And we're having a good, we're making a good go of it so far. Grand old slam. Yeah, cooking up some some bacon in whatchamacallsits and watching, holy shit, so <laughs> much fucking Degrassi New Class. The best television show I've ever seen. It's pretty amazing. But it we is. did it. We traversed this nation. We drove across the entire fucking country, literally the entire country from Washington, D.C., to California address withheld. Tip to tip. Tip to tip. Tip to tail. Snout to tail. Like like a like the gross pig America is. Oh my god, that was a gross analogy. Yeah, but we live in California now, which the is snout. nice. Guys, we're already like way more attractive. Mm-hmm. It's great. I'm wearing some very nice pants I got at a Goodwill. Hey, Liam? Yeah, yes. What, what are we doing here? Why are we talking to these people? Well, this is Media Majors, a storytelling podcast about major media. I'm Liam Sr., and I tell a story about movies and television and show business and the like. And I'm Tom Lockney, and I like to tell stories about internet and video games. That's it. It's Crushed been a while. It. Oh, boy, Lightly yeah. smushed it. And this week, I'm going first. And each, each week we uh, research a true story and tell it to each other. If you haven't figured that out yet. Oh, man. And if, and if you haven't, then what are you even doing here 52 episodes in? Chapter 1. Knee deep in the dead ringers. Our story begins with Doom. Though that's not what the story is about. Not technically. Doom is a popular 1993 sci-fi horror first-person shooter wherein the player, as the unnamed Doom Marine, fights the legions of hell on the red planet, Mars. Oh, that one. It was so wildly successful that it inspired a plethora of clones, all mimicking Doom to varying degrees of specificity. One such style of copycat was known as the Total Conversion Mod. A total conversion mod is a mod of an existing game that replaces essentially all of the artistic assets from the original game, and they also often tweak elements of gameplay. Some total conversion mods that you may have heard of Me? include Dota, yep. Counter Strike, yes sir, and the Gary's mod. I don't know Gary's mod. It's like Brad's drink, but the mod. <laughs> it turned into Pepsi. So this week's theme is children's entertainment. So how does one go from Doom, the ultra-violent first-person shooter, to a game for kids? Practice? (laughs) That's what Malcolm Gladwell told me. 10,000 whole hours? 10,000 whole hours of Doom, and it'll be like children's entertainment to you. Exactly. Chapter 2, The Shores of Marketing Hell. Checks! Is a General Mills cereal brand that gets its name from the checkerboard pattern on each interwoven piece of checks. And in the mid-90s, they were thinking of a fun, creative way to make a big marketing push and reinvigorate the brand. Hey, Lie, can you tell me what's so fucking funny? Just just the the interwoven checks is what got me. (laughs) That these these are like finely crafted pieces of of individually matter. individually hand woven pieces of checks. 
also oh, so organic cereal getting into the like rebranding is always dicey oh boy this isn't your father's corn checks yeah this time you make it with it's fucking honey nut make it with hot sauce you little <laughs> you wuss <laughs> serrano pepper checks motherfucker and it's like an alligator riding a skateboard, flipping you off. Yeah. With a shirt that says, like, punk music. And he's got a gun to bury the bee's head. <laughs> oh, my God. Is his name Barry? I think so. I do remember there was, there was a competition. I think Barry the, it's Buzz the Bee. Yeah, Barry is from the, the bee. bee movie. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Guess we found out where my mind was wandering, huh? Media majors, but every time they go on a tangent, it's fast forwards to when they get back on the story. La, la, la. So... Chex is looking to reinvigorate the brand. And dang, aren't these video games popular with the, the kids these days? The mutes. However, due to budgetary reasons, a completely original game was out of the question. No, no, no. The Chex Foundation cannot spend their money on video games. So this is where the total conversion mod comes in. The marketing team figured, hey, why not outsource development cheap? Get an existing engine. And some relatively young, inexpensive developers, in this case modders, to develop the game for them. Id Software's Doom Engine was selected, and while I was unable to find a specific reason why, I suspect that Doom was chosen for its popularity, and also because they just wanted to get a game with a chainsaw in it. Oh god, checks Doom. The ultimate Doom Engine was the building blocks for what would eventually be known as Chex Quest. Chapter 3. Thy checks consumed. <laughs> Development responsibilities of Chex Quest were given to Digital Cafe, a small studio then consisting of Charles Jacoby and Scott Holder, two modders with no previous professional development experience. This is what they made. Set on a distant planet named Bazoik. <laughs> the, ga <laughs> the game follows. Bazoinks, Tom. The Chex Warrior. A human soldier clad in a check-shaped suit of armor as he eradicates the invasion of the planet by the Flemoids, a species of slimy green invertebrates who have infested the planet and captured many helpless human colonists whom the Czech's warrior must save. His main weapons are devices called Zorchers, which teleport his enemies to their home dimension because this is a non-violent no. video game. Of course. Excuse me, they don't die, they are transported to their home dimension. The game starts at the landing pad of the research center on Bazoik. Other levels include the laboratory, the arboretum, and finally, the underground caverns of Bazoik, where the Fleemoids <laughs> have established their colony. Their principal weapon against him is the use of mucus as a projectile. And so, yeah, this is how they get around what happens if your character, quote-unquote, dies. Gotcha. Is, is the mucus just slows you down, and your health bar is your ability to move bar. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Audiences? Loved it. Loved it? Yeah. Yeah. Of course they did. They loved the game and the marketing tactic with chess, with checks, with Hang on. I'm gonna get this. Oh, man. With checks quest receiving critical laudations and a check serial seeing a 200% sales jump. Holy shit, they horny for checks. Jacoby chalked up the success of Chex Quest to the fact that it plays exactly like Doom, yeah. which, well, yeah. 
This was the first ever game CD to be released via cereal box as well. And it is undoubtedly responsible for the ubiquity of, uh, partially responsible for the ubiquity of downloadable game demos in the late aughts. You know, because they were Pizza Hut game demos. And then I distinctly remember as a kid buying certain brands of cereal to get a uh, Spider-Man for the PlayStation 1 demo CD that could play on your computer. Uh, as well as a Yu-Gi-Oh game. Show me those cards. Yeah. Heart, the heart of the deck. Heart of the deck. The heart of the Exodia the Destroyer. Why is Joey a displaced Brooklynite in Japan? Heart of the Blue-Eyes White Dragon. Yep, that's a Yu-Gi-Oh monster. Yep. Continue with your story. <laughs> the game was such a success that it spawned two sequels and has gained a cult following. Lots of people look back very fondly on Chex Quest. A lot sure. of people who are critics today. Yeah. Indeed, many still look back on Chuck's Quest with fond memories, though General Mills has expressed no desire to bring back Chuck's Quest. Ooh. There is an active fan community, even today. And that is where the story ends. That's fascinating. Yeah, it's fun. Like, like, And, and it's so weird, too, that... this wasn't like a video game thing necessarily or wasn't like motivated to expand the games industry it was like general mills was like ah fuck our cereal blows what do we do how do we get our cereals how do we get people loving our cereal again we'll make it a video game but zoinks i've got an idea oh boy oh boy well you know what my my story is over but this podcast isn't and that means that it's time to hear from another show on the network while I go get a sip of water. We'll be right back. Can you, can you scoot so I can get a oh, sip of sorry. water? No, that was not a bit. I am thirsty. Go get water. My hydration is not a bit, Liam. Have you ever watched something for your favorite actor, but then afterwards you realized it wasn't worth your time? Well, our time is worth nothing. I'm Katie. And I'm Lenny. And together we host the Filmographers. Every month, we pick an actor and watch everything they've done. Then we report back to you so you know everything to decide if it's worth your time. So check us out on the Major Cast Network or wherever you find your podcasts. New episodes the first week of every month. What a great ad. What a fucking fantastic ad. Was it an ad for a new show on the network? I assume it will be. Yeah, it was. Great. That new show should be out by the time this drops, so go check it out. Yeah, absolutely. The Filmographers. Great little cast. Barney and Friends is an American children's television series aimed at children from ages 1 to 8. So it, fuck you if you're 0. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> no no Barney for you in utero, motherfuckers. Absolutely not. It was created by Cheryl Leach and produced by Hit Entertainment. It premiered on PBS on April 6, 1992, and the series features the titular character Barney, a purple anthropomorphic Tyrannosaurus Rex, who conveys educational messages through songs and small dance routines with a friendly and optimistic attitude. Uh, it was on the air until 2009. Reruns would still go on until about... 2015, but a revival is set to launch later this year. Oh, that's fun. I have not seen a Barney in a hot grip. grip. Yeah. So let me, for two seconds, try and see if I can remember how our big purple friend sounds like when he talks. This is going to be my Barney imitation. Yeah. Ho ho, kids! Come on down to the playground! I'm your good, I'm your good, <laughs> huge friend, Barney! 
Uh, he's a little deeper and a little more like goofy. Nah. Yeah. Ho ho, gosh! Oh, nope, your friend Barney. So, don't don't smoke cigarettes, kids. What? <laughs> Barney, stop preaching to me. Let uh, let me make my own choices. It's my choice, it's my Barney. So although Barney was beloved by kids, the show has been criticized in some ways, very strangely criticized. Hmm. The world kind of hates Barney. And we're going to go through some of the incidents and see if maybe we can figure out why. Mm. Uh, so let's start with part one, the rumors. There have been a lot of weird rumors about Barney. Two common rumors are that uh, <laughs> that police uncovered a cache of illegal drugs secreted in the dinosaur's tail, like the costume, mm. and that uh, one time the guy in the suit yelled and cursed at the children while he was drunk. I mean, probably. Well, these are and, actually... and really, who could blame him, Liam? Fair enough. Oh, but... God, Tina? Such a diva. But these are unfortunately not true. Uh, the drug rumors were most likely to the fact that there were three incidents in which drugs were being smuggled through Barney toys. Well, oh. Uh, in 1998, a post office, dog, a post office in Texas... Uh, a drug-sniffing dog detected two pounds of cocaine hidden inside a talking Barney doll. In 2001, in Charleston, West Virginia, four members of the same family pled guilty to charges of conspiracy to sell cocaine and prescription painkillers through a Barney doll. Mm-hmm. And in 2004, in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, more than $2,000 was found inside a plush-stuffed Barney and an apartment inhabited by a family with five children. If there's one thing I know about drug dealers, it's that they love co-opting children's toys to sell drugs. Like, I remember when I was a kid living in Hawaii, there was a problem with, like, acid-shaped, like, Pikachu. Of course. They found um, 13 grams of cocaine inside the animal itself, as well as 30 grams in the apartment and a bunch of other drugs. As for the Barney... Yo, Barney's tweaking. Yeah, (laughs) As for the Barney Cousins on live TV rumors, uh, Barney's not shot live. It's taped yeah. and edited, and the someone else does the voice um, after the fact. Uh, so none of that could, could happen. Yeah. You love me. This is a kind of weird song for me to sing. So part two, the critics. Uh, uh, although several people, including Yale University reachers, re- whoops, Hey, listeners, anytime that Liam is like mid-sentence, slows it down, and then hops back in, that's because he's received a text message. This one was from his daddy, who said something to the effect of, hey, buddy. Yep. My dad is the most stressful text message. Holy shit. The amount of punctuation and dashes, it makes, it literally is so many ellipses. It's like, Um, Although several people, including Yale University researchers, Dorothy and Jerome Singer, have concluded that the episodes contain age-appropriate material. It's been criticized for just having lack, lacking any actual educational value and being very competitive. I mean, repetitive in nature. <laughs> oh man, yeah, the, it is a real cutthroat well, to environment get on it, there I'm sure on it Barney. Is. Yeah. Uh, TV Guide ranked it number fifty on the list of fifty worst shows of all time, and uh, it has. Um, <laughs> There's been a lot of anti-Barney publications. So one uh-huh. of the most widely distributed works of anti-Barney humor appeared in the 2001 book Science Askew, which determined that a phrase describing Barney contained a chronogram, 
of the Book of Revelations number of the beast 666. Oh my Here god. Here is the formula for that equation. Yes. The character of Barney is well described as a cute purple dinosaur. True. The book points out how the former Latin alphabet used a V in place of a U. Also true. Therefore, the above phrase is modified to C-V-T-E, cute, P-V-R-P-E-L-E, purple, and then dinosaur with a V at the end. Oh, definitely true. Letters that do not represent Roman numerals are removed, which leads C-V-V- L D I V, when the remaining uh, so that the remaining numbers would be one hundred five five fifty five hundred one and five, and when they're all added, it makes six hundred and sixty six. That you know what, of the beast. Liam, that makes perfect sense, and I think I'm a militant Christian now. Yeah. Well, it also works with the phrase lovable purple dinosaur. I have to go kill Barney. Fuck this podcast, Liam. Funny how you mentioned that because another thing of anti-Barney humor was oh, called God. The Jihad to Destroy Barney. What? A fictional jihad that sees itself in the ultimate battle against Barney spelled B apostrophe H A R N E. Barney. Barney and his followers. It's described as a het Heterogeneous organization? Heterogeneous. Heterogeneous organization of people on the internet dedicated to defamation, humiliation, eradication, killing, and removal of Barney the Purple Dinosaur of the television show from the airwaves and from every human's life. Holy shit. Their version of Barney is depicted as a scaly lizard-like demon with sharp talons, long teeth, and glowing red eyes. George Bush. Basically. uh, This group has been around since about 1993, and... um, Douglas Strausen, a professor of Islamic history at Marine Corps at F College in Virginia, discovered that the first entry of an internet search term for the word jihad was related to Barney. Fuck off. Oh my god. Part three. Some legal troubles. Lions Partnership, owners of the intellectual property, rights to Barney and Friends, claim that Barney spoofs represent trademark and copyright infringement, even though they're completely... Uh, allowed under parody and fair use. So in 1994, comedy sketches of the San Diego chicken during professional sporting events began to include scenes of the chicken beating up a dinosaur character. So Lyons sued them for defamation of character because they were using Barney's image or something. And they filed a lawsuit in 1997. And uh, Ted Giannolis, who portrays the chicken, uh, was in court and cited the purple dinosaur was a symbol of what is wrong with our society, a homage, if you will, to all the inane banal platitudes that we readily accept and thrust unthinkingly upon our children, and that his qualities are insipid and corny. He also explained in the 1997 issue of New Yorker that he perceived Barney as a pot-bellied, sloppily fat dinosaur who giggles compulsively in a tone of unequaled, feeble-mindedness. Wow, and guys! Jiggles, jiggles his lumpish body like an overripe eggplant. Listen, I, I don't, I'm not like the hugest Barney fan, but like hop off his dick for a second. Uh, the court agreed with Giannolis and uh, that the parody did not infringe on any rights. That's true. So part four, the man in the suit. So as I mentioned earlier, Barney is puppeteered by one person and voiced by another. The voice actor is named Bob West, and another guy did the suit. His name is David Joyner, and he recently gave an interview to Tech Insider. Here's what he told them. Uh, So he started as a software analyst for Mm -hmm. Texas Instruments, and then he was a live mannequin at a mall, but he always knew, right? Horrifying. But he always knew he wanted to be on television. And And a killer of women. So he wanted to be on television since he was a kid. Yeah, living mannequin killer of women, Barney the Purple Dinosaur. He also believes that he is clairvoyant and has prophetic dreams. Um, fucking, hey, Liam? Yes? Excuse me? So the night before his Barney audition, 
he has this dream where Barney passes out because I think he was like the second or third guy to be in the suit. Uh, um, so Barney passes out. Are we out. sure that he did not kill and eat the other <laughs> two? We are not. Um, can't hey you can't prove that he didn't so barney passes out and he has to give him mouth-to-mouth resuscitation in this dream on the way to the audition he sees a billboard for an airline that see that says breathe life into your vacation and he realizes that much like in his dream he has to breathe life into this barney character oh my fucking and he promised himself if he got it he would go on vacation this dumb asshole and he says from that moment he knew he was gonna be barney and when they called him to accept the part he was like of course he went on vacation. He talks about this like he is the one and only god. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, the costume was very limiting sight-wise, and Joyner claims that he would walk around his apartment with his eyes closed to try to feel the energy of objects in the room and pick them up based on their energies. What? Like a the fuck? Hippie. So, at 19, he started studying Tantra. You know As what Tantra is? Tantric the, fucking? Yeah, the thing he studied to fuck like a stallion without coming for like two hours. Oh my Sting god. does it. So anyways, he starts studying this at 19 <laughs> and decides that during this Barney interview is time for him to explain that. And I'm going to let him take it from here. In his own words. Yeah. When I was 19, I started studying Tantra. And a lot of times when people think about Tantra, they think it's all about sex. Well, Tantra is much more than that because Tantra deals with loving energy, life force energy, and energy that rises through your system. Now. There's no accident that I've been spreading I love you all around the world. I love you, you love me, we're a happy family. He says that Tantra is about your love energy and that with that I love you, you love me song. No. That was him no, sort of spreading no, his love energy. No. No, 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 no. I don't want the I don't Liam, I don't want tantric fucking and kids to be brought up in the same breath as you and this motherfucker have now just done. Exactly. My god. So then he brags about how big the check he got was and talks about other TV shows he had very minor roles in. I can see you've written on your phone and I want to fucking die. Yep. He now does a show called Hip Hop Harry where he plays a big hip hop dancing teddy bear that teaches Who sings about tantric fucking the kids! So I don't know, maybe the Barney hate is kind of deserved. Oh my god! And that are all the Barney rumors I could find. Wow, Liam! That was a a chunky cut! Oh, you just dropped your phone! That was a chunky cut that you just threw my way with no fucking warning whatsoever. Which is, I guess, what this show is about, but I still don't appreciate it sometimes. At least you didn't have to hear the video. They had to hear David Joyner himself explain it. Ugh. Um, so, at the end of every goddamn cursed episode of this <laughs> fucking program that we do... I love pulling the rug out from under you. Oh, boy. We like to balance things out with a segment that we call Self-Care Corner, where we talk about a nice thing that happened in our life and in our week. We're both going to say the same thing. Yeah, we're we both moved to Los Angeles. We did it. We live in an incredible apartment. Everything's great. We, it's amazing. Yeah, we didn't die. That was nice. My car survived the journey. Um... So we're that's our self care corner. If you want to send us a self care corner, yep. email us at mediummajorspodcast at gmail Yes. We get to do shout out section this week though. Oh fun! Yeah. Here it is. We got a new Twitter follower. 
Also, hey, shout-out section. This is where we shout people out who follow the Twitter account. Follow the Twitter account or write us a review on iTunes. Yes. If you tweet about the podcast. Anything. Yeah. So we have our good old friend Seth Finkelstein now follows the podcast. From oh, us, Seth. Uh, from the new, uh, Love to have you on. And now Aaron Anata at Lord It's Aaron. Oops, oh, sorry, Aaron Arata. I'm really sorry. I have terrible reading problems. Earlier in the episode, you pronounced the word banal, banal, and I didn't correct you because oh, it was heard it too banal. good. Oh, it's definitely banal, my, my homeboy. I've heard both. But yeah. Yeah, leave us a review on iTunes. It really helps small podcasts like us out. Yeah, follow us at Media Majors Cast. What the fuck else? It's been it's been a little it's been a minute since we've had to do the, uh, this outro. Do section. you have anything new you need to plug? No, I don't think so. So yeah, we. I have an... I have pants. If you see my don't cool your pants, pants. Um, give me a shout out. Yeah, uh, we have a new show on the network. We do. It's called the Filmographers. Great. Uh, it's gonna be a monthly show. And basically, Lenny and Katie are two wonderful new additions to the to major the cast family. Yeah. So every give their every, pilot a every listen. month, every month, what they do is they listen or they they watch. pick an actor and they watch that actor everything entire fucking filmography. Every single like guys, uh, I feel like if if they're in like a full series, they'll watch a couple of episodes from it, but they'll watch shows that they guest starred on. They'll watch every movie. It's why it's a monthly podcast because yeah. this takes a lot of research and then they tell you if it's worth checking out or not so if you see an actor you like and you want to yeah and you want to know more yeah what's good what like oh oh i didn't know the tooch booch was in i say anything it didn't say <laughs> anything. he's the car who should i do what should i check that out maybe give the filmographers a listen the first episode uh is actor david dasmalchen who's been in a ton of stuff he's a char- recognizable character actor mm-hmm. and um I know what the second episode is, and I'll give you a clue. Ooh. It's a Twin Peaks actor, but that's all I'm gonna say. Ooh. That's all I'm gonna say. Oh, you know who it is already. I do. Anyways. Thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode of Media Majors. We will catch you next week with another set of stories. And, and remember, always, we'll be there for you. Thanks for listening to the Major Casts Network. Stay fun, stay nasty, and stay major.